What's up, podcast? Before we get into it, I'm really looking to um, grow on Apple. And I realize a lot of you may not be subscribed or even realize that we have a weekly podcast along with a bunch of other things that we have going on. So I'm really trying to get this extra bump up on our Apple podcast platform. So for anyone that is not subscribed on Apple, um, it really, really would mean a lot to me. Um, If you could just take a moment, pause the podcast, click the podcast app on your phone, uh, type in Real Beauty and Business and subscribe up. Or if you are already subscribed and want to uh, leave a review, whether that's one or five stars, whatever you feel um, is right in your heart, that also would definitely mean a lot to me. And then if you take a screenshot of you doing that and hit me up on Twitter at the Kayla Chanel uh, hashtag hair craves, I'm going to pick one of you who do that and send your super dope gift bag. So just a little fun contest for our Apple lovers. So please subscribe up. Don't miss out on our weekly content. Uh, so pause it, click the podcast app, search for The Real Beauty and Business, subscribe, uh, then go on Twitter and tag me, the Kayla Chanel, and hashtag hair craves, and we will be sending out a bag next week. All right, guys, thanks. I don't deny there's some strange you are now tuned in to the real beauty and business podcast listen up what's up everybody it is kayla chanel and we are back for another episode on the real beauty and business podcast and we are so excited for our guest today we are sitting with the most beautiful of them all miss jamie she is CEO, mom, kicking butt out of Connecticut. We are so happy to have you. And like we always tell our folks around here, can nobody introduce you better than yourself? So go ahead and take it away. Oh, thank you so much. It's awesome being here. I am so excited. I I love I love being able to get to chat this way. I think it's so fun and I'm excited to be able to hopefully inspire whoever's listening. Whoever's listening, hi, it's I'm Jamie. <laughs> hi. Yeah, so happy to be here and so grateful to have the opportunity. So thank you. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So Jamie, kind of take us back to where this all began for you. How did you get involved um, a part of the beauty industry? Where did that start for you? Yeah, thank you. Great question. I have been doing hair for about 14 years. And when I was about, I think I was about 13 years old is when I decided that I I loved doing hair. It was actually my first uh, time I wanted, I begged my mother. I was like, mom, I want to get chunky blonde highlights. Like it was all the rage then. Really? I wanted them so badly. And she's like, no, you're not getting them. And then after, you know, continuously begging. She's like, fine, go have your sister go to the store. And she did box highlights on me. And of course I have very dark hair and Mm -hmm. they turned blorange and (laughs) I was horrified. So my mother was so lovely enough to be able to bring um, me to a professional hairstylist to get a color correction, kind of bring it back to my natural color. And it was my first instance of of going into a space and I had no clue this really existed. I mean, I was, you know, going to supercuts and 
just getting the basic haircuts and nothing fancy. So I walked into the salon and it took my breath away. I couldn't believe that there was people out there that were coloring hair and being able to just sit one-on-one with people and create this magic. And when she created this vision for me and fixed my hair, she was a godsend. Like at that point, I was like, this is what I'm doing with the rest of my life. Wow. (laughs) I'm going to be able to do that. But I ended up wanting to uh, pursue being going to cosmetology school. And unfortunately, I think for a lot of people out there, they have people in their lives who have, you know, this, this stigma around hairstylists that they're not educated, they're not going to make money, that's, that's just a secondary option. That's not the route that you take if you're a smart woman or a smart mm. man. Don't do that. That's not what you do. And I decided to keep begging again. I said, this is what I want to do. I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. I feel called to do this. And I'm an artist. I was a painter growing up. So I ended up getting right into the industry and went to cosmetology school and wanted to give up because I think I realized the enormity of what I was doing. I realized, oh, wow, I actually do have to sit down with clients. And I became horrified kind of at Mm -hmm. the end, you know, oh, man, I'm going to have to do this. Uh, And yeah, then I, I guess the rest is history. Got it. Got it. So how did you, how did you work through that thing? You, you you know, you have this vision in your mind of like how it's going to be from that experience, from Mm -hmm. being a 13 year old girl. And it's like, oh my God, this is so cool. It's so beautiful. And what she was able to do for you. And then like, you're actually working through it after everyone has told you like, uh, you know, that's the second option. Don't do it. That's not for like, you're smart, so you could do something better than that. Like, it's not um, a big deal to be a hairstylist. So how did you work through all of those different types of emotions and then being terrified that, wow, it's not just me walking in and just um, doing hair, but there's a lot of other things that go into it, multitasking, talking to people, having conversations. Mm -hmm. How did you work through that? I, I feel as though when I was called to do something, I kind of thought there was no other option. I go, there's nothing else I want to do. Like, this is it. This is the only thing. It wasn't as if I was teetering on the fence of like, um, you know, maybe I kind of want to go and, you know, get an English degree or be a teacher. Like it would, none of that. It was none of that. Everything that I wanted to do was hair. I, I loved, I mean, I was the girl in high school that they'd come to and I'd be like, you know, cutting their hair in the bathroom or doing their hair for prom. And I just loved it. I loved the artistry behind it. And I I think after being able to tell my parents, like from a space of love and understanding that this is what makes your daughter happy, please yeah. give this, please let me have this chance of doing that because my sister went to college and uh, they just thought that's what you needed to do to be successful. And I said, I I disagree. I'm going to be successful regardless. Like I know this is what I need to do. Mm -hmm. And when I eventually got into the phase of realizing, wow, this is a lot more than I ever expected. I think that it was just my mind being fearful of, um, this is going to be your job. And that's a very large responsibility and task that you're going to take. This is your career, not just your job. Like you chose this. Mm-hmm. And you have a lot to prove to yourself and you need, you, you, you forced your parents to believe in you. So <laughs> you start believing in yourself. So there was a lot of just mental chatter, I think, going back and forth of, 
you know, Jamie, you have to, you have to keep going. Right. You know, I mean, self-talk is so going. Yeah. Self-talk is so powerful. Like just the things that you say to yourself and the words that you say and all of that kind of has an impact on everything. Right. So if you really think like, this is what I want to do, but then you tell yourself, well, you're not good enough that that message doesn't make sense. Right. So eventually something has to overpower the other. And typically, unfortunately, in some cases, it's, you know, that fear that overcomes Mm -hmm. um, that vision that you have. So it's really powerful when people can kind of work through that. And a lot of that comes from that passion that you had. A lot of that came from that desire like this has to work because this is what I want to do. So I think that's really awesome. Yeah. When you believe in like, I, I, and this is what I primarily educate now is, is the, the mindset for hairstylists is, is honestly, when you believe in the inevitability of your success, that's all there will be. Mm, and I like that. Go into this, you know, you have to be the one to mentally get yourself out. And it, it's much harder for a lot of people when they have a lot of built up limiting beliefs or people telling them that they couldn't do it or that they won't amount to anything that stays with you. That's, you know, a traumatic experience of someone that you love telling you that you're not going to amount to it or it's not going to be successful or you're not taking the right choice. Um, you have to, you have to understand the science behind building your mind for success. Right, right. And a lot of people don't know even where to start with that. Yeah, I know. I understand. <laughs> Why well, I love, love educating on that now. That's yeah, yeah. People are, don't even know where to start with that. So, I mean, the first thing <laughs> is just sitting and getting real with yourself. You know, like, I got to figure this out. So, mm-hmm. walk us through a little bit. You know, you push through getting through um, cosmetology school and you know, get in the support of your family. After you finished cosmetology school, what was next for you? Uh, So it was a family-owned cosmetology school, and they had actually owned two salons in the area. And they had asked me to work for them in one of their salons. And I thought it was so flattering. I actually was dating a guy at the time, and he was uh, living in New York. And I actually thought I was going to move to New York. And we were going to be together and I was going to be, you know, I was going to get a job out there and I decided, um, against it. I decided to stay. We ended up breaking up and I decided to pursue, uh, this venture that was kind of placed in front of me. And I ended up working there for about eight years. It was, um, a really crazy eight years. It was a lot of transformation, a lot of growth, a lot of learning, um, a lot of challenges along the way. A lot had happened within those eight years of just life outside of being behind the chair. Mm-hmm. And I think it was, you know, I think it was setting the groundwork for my future, honestly. Uh, I think that if I hadn't experienced that, I wouldn't be where I was now. So can you share some of the things that came out of that experience that you feel like helped you um, get to the next level in your life? Absolutely. So it was a a family-owned salon, and it was run by, uh, there's about four or five people running it. And it was a pretty big salon. I think in the salon itself, I think there was like 18 stations. Wow. So it was divided into hairstyling and color. 
and the owners would cut hair and we would color them. So we would be able to actually take cutting clients, but we were primarily fed the owner's um, haircut clients and we would do the color on them. I was also doing uh, makeup, even though I wasn't formally trained, but <laughs> I, was doing makeup. I was doing updos. Um, I was doing barbering. I was doing rainbow wow. colors. I was doing everything because that's kind of the style of what the structure of the salon was. And I thought, honestly, that that's all there was. Mm. I think when I was in it for so long, I ended up losing the passion tremendously. I actually um, decided I was going to, at one point, I think it was, so it was when I was pregnant with my second daughter. So this was about um, seven and a half years ago. I decided I don't want to do this anymore. This isn't my passion anymore. And I'm going to go and become a certified health coach because I had had a lot of health issues and healed myself um, on my own purely from food. Yes. So I became yeah. a certified health coach wow. and decided to take clients um, and was going to transition my entire career into just health coaching. And at some point, something, you know what it was? I think it was. I realized I was too afraid to move forward because I had built relationships with so many people in that salon and I felt like this is where I was meant to be. Mm -hmm. And I think that was just fear talking. I don't yeah. think I had the capability of understanding my worth or value at that point. Mm -hmm. And what ended up happening was I started seeing things happen on Instagram. That's when things started becoming more prevalent. So I started seeing this other world of, of our industry. There was people opening salons. There was small suite owners. There was these people who are like Insta famous. And I was like, what is happening? What is all of this? <laughs> and there's all of these, you know, reposting um, pages and all of these things and all of this like, oh, oh wow, I, I, can, I can actually do more. Because I really did down in the core of me know that hair was was my passion. And health coaching became in my mind a hobby. It wasn't what I really truly wanted to do. And when I gave birth to my daughter, Charlotte, I realized that I was settling. Mm. And that I didn't want that to be her. I guess I didn't want her to look at her mom and say my mom settled and not have a mentor, not have somebody that could teach her how to really fight fear and move forward and do the things that they're called to do. Right. So I was scared as I mean, I was uh, horrified, but I decided that I was going to leave and go rent a chair. Not wow. knowing what the heck I was doing. So I left a job of eight years with a, a five month old baby and $4 in my pocket and with a fight or flight you succeed or you fail. Like I, I knew I was going to succeed because there was no other option right? to take care of. Right. You know? Um, so I think that's when I made the decision that, you know, failure isn't an option at this point or ever. And I think that was the first taste into building the success framework for my mind. Yeah. I think that's when that happened. Yeah. I mean, because at that point, it's sometimes it takes literally being like pushed in a corner to really 
I don't know, ignite this whole different feeling. Yes. And it, it's, I was, I heard something or someone talk about how mothers have this very unique strength, like they could fight a bear, you know, pro- to protect their child, but won't get over the fear in their mind to do something for themselves that's going to better themselves and be better for their family. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that was really good uh, that you were able to kind of identify that. Mm-hmm. Right. And then take some action behind it. <laughs> no, it's one thing to talk about it, but when you do it, then it's like, yeah. oh shit, what did yeah. I just do. That's what I, that's what I tell my students. And they, they say, you know, how do I, how do I get success? And I said, you have to 100% believe in the inevitability of it. So you have your belief plus action equals success. That is, that is, that's, that's the the foundation of it. That's it. You have to, you can't just sit around and waste your life and just wait for opportunities to come knocking on your door. You have to believe and visualize what you want your life to be and what you want I think visualization is the most powerful thing that yeah. anyone can do is closing your eyes and imagining what you want your life to be yeah. because your mind is more powerful than anyone will ever know. <laughs> yes. It's so true. It's so true. It's so yeah. true. And once you get that, then it's like, I always say, if you want to change your life, you have to change your mind. Yes. Yes. It's a hundred percent. And I see so many times, I think that's why I ventured so much in, you know, this year, 2020 was primarily focused on, um, I'm actually a certified uh, hypnotherapist and um, NLP practitioner. Yeah. And I, and I am success coach. So I actually help people rewire their limiting beliefs. Mm. And that is, and it, it all with, you know, changing your words and changing your vibrations and changing your energy and changing the visualizations that you can do with your mind and actually taking out the parts of the mind that no longer serve somebody. Right. And it has been the most humbling work ever, ever. Right. I feel I, so happy that I get to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. So now you have took a complete leap of faith. You have this brand new baby, a couple of dollars in your pocket, and you're in renting a a booth now. So kind of walk through, you know, what that journey was like of completely transitioning out of your comfort zone and getting really, really uncomfortable. Um, I think in the very beginning it was scary, but I believed, I really believed it was going to be okay. I really 100% and then like the fear left the second I said, no, I'm just going to do it. I'm mm-hmm. going to make it work. So I came up with all of these thoughts of how can I get clients in my chair? I'm going to start taking pictures. That's it. immediately when I left, I started Pretty Little Ombre, which was my is my Instagram um, handle. And I, I decided that I'm going to use this to take photographs to market to people. I was using Facebook. I was um, doing referral programs. I was getting my friends and family. I was doing content creation of getting people in the chair um, and getting my friends and family in and taking photos and doing the colors that I wanted to create on people and doing all the work. And it was, I mean, within six months, I was 100% booked and tripled my revenue from working um, as a commission stylist purely just because of my determination. And I don't want anyone to think that 
because you go from commission then to rental that you automatically just make more money. It's a tremendous amount of resilience and work and mindset and priority and strategy and methodical planning to not burn yourself out, to have uh, boundaries and to understand that you don't just go in to renting a chair without understanding that you are a business. You have to be a bit, you have to learn how to love being a business person. So that was a transitional area for me as well was building that part of my mind as a businesswoman and running that like a profitable company. And that was, I was identifying myself as a hairstylist and not as a businesswoman yet in the very beginning. Mm -hmm. Um, But then once I changed how I could identify myself, I became so much more sure of of the choices I was making. Mm -hmm. Um, I saw a need for it. You know, once I got fully booked, there was a lot of, um, I want to be, I'm, I try to be as, as brutally honest as I can, because I tend to just kind of skim over it, but there was really challenging parts in there. I don't want people to think that it wasn't challenging. There was, um, a time when I got hundred percent booked and I'm seeing all these things on Instagram. I have this Instagram page and everything is fine. I'm making the money I want to make, but I'm feeling pressure to, um, look at all these other people and assume that my success is not valid because it's not what theirs is. Mm. And I see all these reposting pages and I, you know, I remember the first time I like, I think I I won a a contest for American salon magazine and I remember crying and I remember, Oh my God. Oh my God. I can't believe someone noticed me. Mm. And then when it was like, wait, am I supposed to, what am I, what am I doing this for? Right. I thought that's what I had to do. And then I started losing kind of my purpose of what I was using my page for initially. And then I realized once I started getting the um, some eyeballs on my, my page of hairstylists, they were actually intrigued of how I was doing my work because I was um, using an actual paintbrush instead of a tint brush. And that started kind of revving up some like, wait, what are you doing? How are you doing that? So I remember this girl asking, hey, like, do you want to educate uh, my my team? And I said, I, what? No. <laughs> I'm staying ourselves. I don't know how to teach. And um, I guess I did have some, I had my, it's interesting because even when I was working for that cosmetology school, they wanted me to educate and they mm. wanted me to educate for their, for their team. Um, so I had been asked multiple times, but didn't really think anything of it. Right. And so when I did, I I was like, all right, fine, I guess I'll, I'll figure it out. I went and I did it. And then the next person asked and the next person asked, and I realized that I have a small child and I have a very large, you know, I, I have a very large clientele. I can't necessarily teach all these people the way I want to. So this is before online education was as prevalent as it was now. So then I decided to get my sister, get some models and start creating online education and figuring out how to put that into an online platform. And I did that and it was extremely successful. And I ended up being so successful that I was able to uh, pay for my entire salon um, out of pocket. So Wow. So, wow. That's really good. Yeah. So it was, it was incredible because then once I realized the capability of what I was able to do, I realized that I had a bigger mission and the more people I wanted, I wanted to help more people. 
So I wanted to create a space that was a safe space. I ended up building um, my salon and we have incredible people that work there. Oh my God. And then I got pregnant with my second daughter and there was a space next door to the salon that had opened. And I said to my husband, I want to get that space. I want to educate there. And he goes, no, 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 no. You're not doing that. I'm not renovating another space. We're not doing that. <laughs> I said, no, I'm meant to have that space. I know I am. And, you know, I'm pregnant, taking clients, doing online education, still traveling, being a mom, renovating this space. And I hit this wall of, why the hell am I hustling so much? Like I just hustle, hustle, hustle. So I realized at that point, I got to take some stuff off my plate. So I ended up stepping away from the chair a hundred percent. And that was probably one of the most challenging and heart wrenching things I had to do, but I knew it was a necessary thing I had to do to grow, to help more people. I couldn't make, you know, business decisions always being slammed behind the chair um, I couldn't be a better mom if I was always at the salon. And so I opened my education facility and decided I'm going to have this all online too. So we're going to have a classroom. We're going to do it all online. And then it took off. Now we have traveling educators all over the, you know, all over the country. And we have, it's just, ah, and then I gave birth to my daughter. <laughs> Wow. So in time and perspective of time, what year did you open up your salon? It's been, it'll be three years in March. Three years. And then how long um, was it before you decided to walk away from the chair after opening your salon? A year and a half. Okay. And then at that point in time, you also were doing the renovations for the educational facility and expecting <laughs> yeah, it was wild. And I, I had some really, uh, after I gave birth to my daughter, Lily, um, I had some really bad postpartum depression. Mm-hmm. And so it was, uh, I had it with my first daughter, but was able to manage it fairly easily. But I had a lot more stress on my plate this time around. And it took me, it took me a long time to acknowledge what was happening. And unfortunately, I had a good enough team to say like, Hey, Jim, you gotta, you gotta slow, slow your roll. So I took a step back and was able to prioritize my time better and be, um, I think it was, it was building boundaries with myself. Right. And I then had this, you know, spiritual awakening (laughs) Mm -hmm. and it then led me into finding what I was truly passionate about, which wasn't just helping people learn how to do hair, but to really set the groundwork for their success, which starts in their mind. Absolutely. Absolutely. How do you, I mean, I'm sure when, you know, from a 13 year old girl, you know, stepping into that salon to working at that family owned salon for eight years to, you know, jumping into renting a booth to now owning two different buildings, like actually being able to build your salon with money um, from a business venture, like where, how did, did you know, did you have, did you set this up in your mind? Did you have visualize that this is how Uh, it was going to be or? I don't think I visualized the magnitude of it because I look back and as though when I look back, it seems like it's, I've been doing this 
I've been in this phase for a very long time. But when in actuality, in the course of, you know, being on this planet for 32 years, it's a very small period of my life. And um, I don't think I understood where I was going. I, I let the universe guide me to what I was supposed to do and where I was supposed to go with the inevitability of success already just knowing that it was whatever I was always going to have success because failure wasn't an option. And that stemmed from going out on my own and believing in myself and believing that I had things in me that needed to help people. Mm -hmm. And I think just with that mindset, things just happen. You know, I, I think with belief in action, the universe takes care of the how. So I knew I wanted to open a salon, but I could never, I could, I was, I couldn't even think about how I would afford it. But all of a sudden this idea pops into my mind of let's do some online education. And then it was so successful that funded the salon and I wanted to build a house and I couldn't, I ne- I knew I didn't want to, uh, I didn't know how we were going to afford to to build this house because we were outgrowing our, our house with, you know, having four people in there. And I came up with, oh, let's do a tour. Let's go. And that funded mm-hmm. my house. And it was, I just always knew in my mind the next kind of idea of what I wanted my life to be and just let the ideas come to me and embrace them. So that was, that was kind of how it worked. Wow. That's pretty, I think that's really cool. I always tell people, you know, you don't, the how is not something to worry about. <laughs> no, and, but that's, I think that's the human, the human and conditioning is well, I need to know a time frame. I need to know every step of the way for me to feel safe when mm-hmm. really you should already feel safe because if you visualized it in your mind and you believe you're going to get there, you just got to take action no matter how big or small. And now, and taking action doesn't mean, oh, I have to leave the salon and mad. It's like taking action, like acknowledge where you, where you could be better. Right. And work on that. And right. once you build confidence in that area, like a lot of times, like I ask people like, you know, what is, what is standing in your way? They're like education. I go get free education, YouTube. Right. Cause they, they hold on to these limiting anchoring thoughts of if I only had this, then I could be this. Right. In actuality, there's so many ways to, to get to that space. You just have to open up your mind to it. Get the free education. The free education, you know, builds the confidence. You keep practicing on friends and family. You build more confidence. You build a portfolio. Then you can afford to get more, you know, you get clients. You afford to get more education. And then that education funds more confidence and you can expand into a different area. It doesn't have to be, I want to open a salon and I want it to be big. And I don't know how to get there. You just don't start somewhere. Yes. I always tell people, start where you're at. Just start, start where you're at. Do something. Do something. Yeah. I say this to them all the time. You know, what is something that you can do every single day that yes. will get you closer? And they know the yes. answer. They just yep. don't do it. Yeah. Which is, I don't, I, I never really understand or get that because as soon as you sit and just have a conversation with someone, just say, okay, oh, what, what is your ultimate goal? Where, you, where, where would you like to go? Okay. So now let's break it down into smaller pieces. Let's work backwards a little bit. And then now you can break it down literally to what you can do every single day to work towards that bigger goal. And as you go through that process, 
be okay with things changing. Be okay with your mind changing. Be okay with another idea coming up. Like it's all a part of the process. Um, but you have to start somewhere and you'll never know where it will take you unless you start. Um, but I don't know. It's, uh, I think it all really comes down to just your mind. What things are you saying to yourself? Yep. What things are you, how are you investing and pouring into yourself? Are you listening to different audios? Are you reading books? Are you meditating? Are you working out? Are you eating healthy? All these different things that help pour into you. Um, make a huge difference in strengthening your spirit, strengthening your mind, strengthening your body. And if you're not doing some of those key things, it's it's really easy to fall off. It's really easy to allow that that doubt and negative self-talk to throw you off your game. Mm-hmm. But you have to be real with yourself. Like, is is it worth it for me to not be where I want to be? Like, we have one life. Why would I not give it my all? Mm-hmm. it's interesting because if you you sit down with an individual you learn so much about what they're most afraid of and it's in that it's in that that is what's holding them back so for example you know at the deep root of what you believe like your beliefs are what create your reality right so if someone is actually afraid that if they reach financial success that you know, people will judge them or view them differently. You know, your subconscious mind actually protects you from ever getting there. So right. it doesn't matter how much try, you'll end up self-sabotaging because right. you're, you don't want to, your subconscious's main function is primarily to protect you. So if you've fed it this belief that I see wealthy people as greedy or selfish or people won't like me anymore people will view me differently that's the belief so when you think about wanting to you might consciously want to make you don't want to struggle financially anymore you don't want to live paycheck to paycheck anymore but actually what's happening is your subconscious runs 95 percent of your life and your decision making so if you have a deep-seated subconscious belief of people will view me differently, I'll lose it all, what's, you know, then no matter what your conscious thought is, your subconscious will hold you back. And right. that's why we'll never make the move. Right, right. Wow. I, I totally did not expect our conversation to go this way, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I totally was not expecting that, but that is totally awesome. So, where are you at now? Uh, what's that next thing that you have coming up? Um, you know, you seem like to be a person that you know where you're going, right? You, or at least have an idea where you would like to go next. So yes. what is next for Jamie? What is next for salt hair? What is next for salt oh, society? Like, thing. what's going on? So salt society has uh, actually embraced a, a new rebrand, which is primarily we have three pillars now. So three, we have the soul, we have business and hair. So we educate on all three pillars. We have now the traveling educators that uh, teach within the society method, which is allowing you to, you know, dream big, achieve bigger, and live the life that you were made to have. And on me for Pretty Little Ombre, I am primarily focusing on money mindset and reframing limiting beliefs. So I have a program that's launching um, actually in um, four days. Um, I don't know when this is actually going to be launching or when the podcast is going to be on, but it may have already been 
launched by then. So yeah, 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 for sure. The magic of money making. And it's a five week course um, where I have a whole group of amazing individuals who want to be a success magnet, a money magnet, reframe their limiting beliefs. And I walk them through how to change and rewire their subconscious mind with um, hypnotherapy and um, reframing their words and their visions and their vibrations. And for renters, we do have an area of being able to know what you need to charge down to the minute based off of a whole selection of, um, you know, the framework of how to actually price out, how to build confidence within your communication for your clients. And, um, we have a little extra, a few little extra bonuses in there as well. And it's, it's great. We have uh, a group, a Facebook group for them all to have uh, the masterminds together. And I go in weekly and we do live Q and A. So they have the support of me as their coach to uh-huh. get them through it. And yeah, that, so that is, that's something that I've been working on for the past five months curating. Very Good. It's here and I'm ready to help people. Yes, 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 yes. That's awesome. Was yep. there anything else you would like to add before I do our top five questions? Ooh, anything else mm. I want to add? Oh, gosh. Um, I guess one thing is the only limiting beliefs or the only limits that you have are the ones you impose upon yourself. Mm-hmm. So if you are limitless, you could do anything. Mm, what I, love do? I love it. I love it without, you know, without holding yourself back, like what, what, if without anything, what would you do? Right. Yeah. I love it. Do these five questions. I'm ready. Yes. So we do a thing called hair craze top five. So we ask five quick questions. So we look for impactful kind of quick responses. Got it. Um, so you ready? The first question is, what do you wish your 20 year old self knew? Oh, no one's really judging you as much as you think they are. I like that. Everyone's so focused on themselves. They don't give a shit about you. (laughs) Stay in your own lane, girl. Just keep. Yes. Talk that talk, Jamie. (laughs) Okay. So what's your favorite tool that you're using right now to build your business? Oh, my favorite tool. Mm-hmm. Oh God. Oh, my favorite tool to build my business. Um, I would probably say, um, Instagram and, um, building relationships are the two biggest things that we're doing right now. Awesome. Awesome. What's your favorite book? Oh, um, my favorite book would have to be, um, oh my God. Oh my God. Oh, that's so, oh my God, I I should know that. Um, Maybe you're a badass at making money. Oh, I've heard that quite a few times, like in the past few weeks, and I have not read that yet. So I think I might have to get that book. (laughs) Because literally, you're probably like the third person who's told me that in the matter of like seven days. Yeah, well, that's a sign for you, honey. (laughs) Yeah, for sure, for sure. So I'm picking it up as soon as I get off this call with you. (laughs) I love it. And then we usually ask if you're married, you have children, and you kind of talked about that a little bit. Yes, I am married. I've been married for seven years. And uh, his name is Nick, and he actually um, builds furniture. And he's, well, he's like a jack of all trades, but his passion is building furniture. And I have my six-year-old Charlotte Scott, who is my gentle soul 
oh, she's been on this planet many times before. She's got an old soul. And um, then I have Lily Wolf, who is um, 19 months old, and she's my little firecracker. She's just mm-hmm. she's like my sour patch kid. She'll punch you in the face and then give you a big kiss. She's spicy <laughs> and a bruiser. She can fall down and not even blink an eye. Aw. Yeah, she, I feel like my kids are like both parts of me. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> And then how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Um, I would say probably at least eight. Good for you. Sometimes so, more. <laughs> uh, I, need to, I'm a, I need sleep. Otherwise, it's just like my brain does not function. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. I can't. I, my husband, I don't know. He's like a freak of nature, but he can literally sleep for like three or four hours and function fine. fine. I'm like, I cannot do that. Once yeah. like. 10 o'clock hits, I'm done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm completely yeah, done. Yeah, eight is, eight is usually the go-to. Yeah. Sometimes, sure. like, you know, my little one is teething right now, so she's getting up. So we have just, like, you know, disrupted sleep, but it's it's all temporary and all good. Absolutely. Now, Jamie, can you share where people can find you? Yeah, uh, thank you. Uh, so I am Pretty Little Ombre, and my business is um, – salt.hair so at salt.hair on instagram um our website is www.saltct.com and then our education company is underscore salt society on instagram and that is saltsocietyeducation.com so we have in-house classes travel classes online education ranging from um all different types of techniques color theory and we are only building and growing um, within t- 2020. So we're very, very excited about where we're the trajectory of, of this year. Really excited. Awesome. Well, we're, we are super excited for you as well. Thank I'm you. so thankful to have you on this call. I mean, it de- definitely did not go at all like I expected it to go, but that is the beautiful thing about life. Like you just kind of have fun with it. So I really, really enjoyed our conversation and I'm looking forward to see all the amazing things you're going to do because it sounds like this is just like not even icing on the cake you know you have like a tier tier one cake right now we got a couple <laughs> more layers to go yes tier yeah. one cake. i like that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for asking i'm 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 so honored and humbled that i get the opportunity to talk with you and to be able to um i don't know be able to spare you know spread my my story and my message. And I just feel very thankful. So thank you.